0: This is the Matt Report podcast, a podcast for WordPress professionals, agencies, freelancers, consultants, users, community members. If you're interested in learning about the business side of WordPress, this is the place to be. If you're interested to have discussions, deep-rooted conversations about the community, where WordPress is going, and the business behind it all, it's mattreport.com. mattreport.com slash is the number one way to stay connected. You're listening to season five. This portion of the Report is sponsored by Beaver Builder. When you need a page builder that works effortlessly with your WordPress projects, doesn't get in the way of your team, and is a joy to use, you need Beaver Builder. Their team of passionate developers and designers have worked tirelessly to create a builder plugin that gives your WordPress website a big comfy hug, not leaving it out in the cold. With an all new version including their 2.0 build plus themer capabilities just around the corner. Beaver Builder is leading the pack of Page Builder plugins in the WordPress space. So whether or not you need to just build a simple landing page or drag and drop the entire layout of your next marketing website project, Beaver Builder is the plugin for you. Check out their website, WPBeaverBuilder.com. That's WP, like WordPress, BeaverBuilder.com. Oh boy, this is season five episode number one. Excited to get Season 5 of The Matt Report finally off the ground. So let me set the stage to how Season 5 is going to roll out. First half of Season 5, that's right. I've set it up to two um, different sort of story arcs for Season 5. Always trying to keep things fresh over here. First half of the season is sort of all about that person who's uh, a freelancer, a boutique agency, uh, and leveraging Beaver Builder uh, of all products. Now, Beaver Builder is a sponsor of this series but i've been so intrigued on you know just seeing page builders and and how they're really starting to shape the market not just for the business side of things and how you and i might be able to use page builders a little bit um, more efficiently than sort of hand crafting every single page but more about how it's sort of having an impact or going to have an impact on the WordPress user experience for years to come. We're starting to see WordPress itself finally, sort of rolling out these little micro content blocks. And of course, the more advanced page builder is, is well beyond uh, what WordPress has at the moment. But how is this gonna really shake things up and shape things up uh, for the future? Um, we're having all those conversations throughout the first half of season five, uh, but, and also exploring, hey, as a freelancer or small agency, how do we make a little bit more money using this stuff? How do we position it with our customers? What kind of products can we build? What kind of productized services can we build because of this stuff? It's all great conversation. I really hope you enjoy it. And to kick things off, with two other podcasters, uh, Nathan Wrigley, David Walmsley of WPBuilds.com, sort of seen these two sort of evolve in the in the Beaver Builder space uh, and the communities. Uh, in the Beaver Builder area, are just phenomenal. I mean, and not just Beaver Builder, but all of these page builders. If you're not, uh, if you're not into page builders and you're not using page builders, I would still suggest that you uh, dive into the communities, especially on Facebook, to see how energized uh, these groups are and how passionate users are for this type of software. It's amazing stuff. It's amazing stuff. It's a, it's a small community within lot, another larger community. It's, it's quite interesting. So I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, go ahead and share it with friends and family. This is the kickoff to Season 5, so I'd love all the exposure we could possibly get. (laughs) And if you are new to the Matt Report, Matt Report's been running for uh, over three years now, and we uh, are covering all things sort of entrepreneurial around the WordPress space. And, of course, we're talking about the software itself and how we can all make it better and give back in the community and things like that. But if you're running a business with WordPress, this is the place to be. I love a five-star review in iTunes, too. It sort of really helps me solidify what I'm doing uh, and sort of reinvigorate myself every time I see a new uh, review come through. And if you just search for WordPress podcast in iTunes, you'll find me right there. It's The Matt Report. Go ahead and leave a five-star review. I'd really appreciate it. Let's get into the program. Hey WordPress fans, this portion of the Matt Report is sponsored by Liquid Web. It's not if, but when you need improved performance, maximized uptime, and incredible support. Liquid Web is the partner you turn to. It's no secret that Liquid Web has been known as a web hosting company with a ton of plans to choose from, but they've also engineered a new, managed WordPress offering Perfect for mission critical websites. And here's two bonuses. Number one, every managed WordPress customer includes iThemes Sync integration. Perfect for freelancers and agencies who need single click WordPress management capabilities. And number two, if you sign up today using this discount code MATTREPORT33, you'll get 33% off for the next six months. Visit liquidweb.com WordPress to get started. That's liquidweb.com slash WordPress and use the code matreport 33 to save 33% for the next six months. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, delighted to be here.
0: Uh, so listen, I've been following you guys. I, let me just take a step back. I've been following the explosive growth of Beaver Builder, not only as a piece of software in the WordPress community, but as its own community itself. And that's what's really taking me down this path of exploring folks who have been using Beaver Builder, not only, you know, as a tool for their business, but as like a I dare say it, subculture in the WordPress culture. <laughs> and mm. it's just amazing to me. And you two gentlemen, I've seen you all over uh, the Facebook group for Beaver Builder. So I'm super stoked to have this conversation today. Uh, but for folks who don't know who you are, Nathan, let's start with you. Who are you and what do you do?
2: Okay. My name's Nathan Wrigley. I live in the Northeast of England and I run a small freelancer, independent web development business called Picture and Word. Um, and I use I use Beaver Builder pretty much all the time now for my projects. Occasionally not, but most of the time I do. So, that yeah, that's what I do. That's my bread and butter.
0: Awesome. David, how about you?
1: Yeah, I'm David Wormsley. And, well, my story is that I, I left a job. I've been working with WordPress for about 10 years. now. I left my job and decided that I would kind of do this, working with clients, making their websites in the last three years. I went off to India and I've been traveling around with my wife while this looks after things. So Beaver Builder has been a, a real important thing in being able to set up really for me a new business, which is what I'm doing. And I'm also known a little bit for doing videos on YouTube on Beaver Builder. So that's really me.
0: You are, you're, you're living that sort of Tim Ferriss dream, right? Sort of that four-hour work week. <laughs> you, actually, you don't even work at all. You, you've, you've outsourced absolutely everything. You just collect the check at the end of the day. <laughs> that would be lovely, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh let, let's just talk about that. Let's use that as our uh, starting point here. A lot of folks in my audience are uh, freelancers or they're boutique agencies. Um, and one of your recent episodes was sort of about balancing that that mix of of being a solo uh, entrepreneur and you know not hiring and not having a team. But I'm just going to throw out the question to whoever wants to tackle it first: Why don't you want to sort of scale to that that typical agency level, even a boutique agency? Like myself with six uh, folks, uh, why not scale to that size, uh, or is it just a timing thing? you will one day you 're just not ready for it right now
2: um, so this? I think maybe if I just take that one first, David, if that's okay, mm. I think for me um, it's it kind of doesn't really fit with my setup and my family i've decided to put my Family. I've got three children and a wife, and I've decided that they're going to be the focus until my children are old enough. So, in a sense, I've made the decision not to scale. There are times when I really wish I had somebody that I could just throw the work upon and say, "Would you just finish this up?" Because I do have the the problem of working late, sporadic work, inconsistent work. You know, feast and famine. Um, but I don't want the headache of managing people because I really enjoy the building of the websites. That's the kernel of the work that I really like and I don't want to step away from that. There have been points in my life where I've managed things and it's always, in the end, led me to be more unhappy than I was before. So doing the work suits me fine. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, for me, I'm really the kind of opposite. I am looking to scale. I mean, I packed in my job and I was fortunate to have someone who asked me to do quite a big job for somebody, uh, an international customer and help on their WordPress install. And that set me off and I got loads more work. But ever since, and this is where I've been working too, is I've been trying to set up a business that I can scale up later. So everything's been documented about processes. So there's a care plan, which I hope will run without me. The design of websites is something I'm working so it will run without me and as you said earlier try and pick up the, the the paycheck at the end of it all without actually using up my time so I am trying to scale up I'm trying to build jobs which I will then employ people once I've got those systems in place so that is my
0: aim. Uh, that's I hear this a lot. I mean, we all do, right? Sort of systems, processes, documentation. Uh, you know, create these sort of outlines that one could just hand over to, you know, it's it's it sounds like it sounds like just a dream. Well, if I just if I just bullet point this, I could simply hand this over to somebody, <laughs> and they will just be fine. Uh, you know, as Nathan hinted to, managing people is. It's not just the money that goes out, but it's the it's the mental taxation <laughs> as well. Of are they going to do the job as good as me? Are they going to care about my customers as much as I do? Um, you know, are they just going to up and you know leave? There's all these sort of risks um, that go aside from just the cash flow. Uh, but in terms of making a process, David, how did you? What was the first thing that you did to get that ball rolling? Because that's just like when I think of that. It's just like another cloud hovering above my head, like, oh, God, I got to document this process to give it to somebody else on my team. How did you get that ball rolling efficiently?
1: Well, really, I'm just trying to solve a problem out there. I mean, we'll see how this goes because it's not going live at the moment. Parts of it are. So the idea with my business model for the future at the moment, I'm still just doing, you know, little jobs, which I do, which are done fairly quickly. But for the future, the idea is I have a course that will be my way of marketing myself which will be out for anybody who's thinking about how to build a website maybe not actually looking to employ somebody to do it but anybody who needs to know what they should know about having a website what's going to help them with their business so that's my way of getting folks in and then the rest of it is about a system of being able to put people through what is effectively a two-day website build or a three-day depending on the project so this is time-based so it's like those one day website things and then Got it. the real the real money it. yeah it's just the the uh, hosted at the end of it hosting we're already doing with the care plan and that's documented and my wife takes care of that and i'm pretty confident we can hand that over to somebody to do that work
0: yeah, I, I totally agree. Nathan, how about you? Are, are you employing any of your own sort of self-imposed processes and, and systems in, in your work?
2: Yeah, I mean, I tend to keep most of my stuff in my head. Um, I'm a little, well, I'm I'm much more disorganized, I think, than David is. <laughs> Welcome
0: to the club. <laughs> Yay. Um, so
2: my process is very much in my head. I have a process. I know exactly what to do. Um, but I, I absolutely couldn't pass it on to another person without sitting down and explaining, okay, then I do this, then I do this, then I do this. So yeah my process is pretty rigid and, and actually I'm I'm fairly pleased with it 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 does work well for me and I know what comes I I know what comes first second third and wh- whenever a customer steps into my pipeline if you like I know what to do next but I've never explained it to another living soul um <laughs> so I've got you know my business won't scale but if if I ever did uh bring somebody on board I would I would literally have to do it all word of mouth because I haven't got the time <laughs> to sit down and write it all
0: yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, listen, it's, I think it happens with all of us. And I, and I sort of like to talk about, I sort of like to expose my own weaknesses to allow people to say, you know what? That, yes, I, I'm going through the same thing. You know, not everybody has it as easy as David does. But, um, the, <laughs> the idea is when we bring people onto our team, um, you know, a lot of it is, is trial trial by fire. Right. You're, you're going to have to sort of dive in and learn the ways even our development, you know, uh, staff, uh, Scott, our lead engineer. I mean, he has he has a process, but my God, you know, if if he ever left, you know, we'd be in in some deep water uh, in terms of you know, his, his deployment processes, things like that. Um, yeah. You know, we have, a, we have a fair enough understanding of how it happens. But I'm also, you know, look, at our size, we're not moving, uh, you know, six, seven projects a month out the door. Um, there's not a team of 20, 25, 30, 100 people. So I am not really super worried about that on a, in a small setting, in a boutique setting. If somebody comes in, I, in, this, in this space, for me anyway... I let them run the ship, right? If they're the developer, if they're the engineer, you figure it out. You do it your way, um, yeah. because I don't want to be writing systems and processes for engineers because I'm not one, right? And, and I wouldn't know what—I wouldn't even know where to begin. Um, well, so I, I just I let kinda, them sort of set the pace. Yeah, I was just going to say I kind of
2: make sure that my my roster. I mean, I'm never dramatically busy for months and months and months on end. My, my work tends to sort of ebb and flow, and and I I just make sure that. I've got enough work and I put people off and say, okay, I can get to you in two months time or whatever it might be. So I, I, I never have that point where I am thinking, oh, I'm going to need to hire one or two more people. Cause I just, I don't have enough inquiries. I have the right amount just for me. And, and I just keep, you know, kicking them down the track so that whenever this one's finished, I pick up the next one and that's just worked fine for me. Um, but if it did get to the point where the phone began ringing more and more and more i think i probably would endeavor to spend some time writing the stuff down because sure. it would it would be quite important but it's it's never been needed because it's just me in in my own head
0: right right uh Ma- the- Ma- yes Ma- I- go ahead yeah no no
1: i loved what you were saying about um it's not as easy as just documenting stuff and then hiring somebody i think this is the real key thing with employing anybody and and you mentioned tim ferriss before and he was i guess the first person I heard speak of you know, hiring abroad people to do the job that you could get their labor more cheap. And I actually don't believe this is the way forward. I was 15 years as a manager and I realized that exactly what you just said about, you know, you, you have somebody come in and you, they have to have the freedom to do the work the way that they like because that's what kind of keeps mm-hmm. them passionate about their work. And I So when I talk about processing and documenting things, it's only to make things Easier for someone who has to be employed, rather than right. you know set up a, a machine or a factory type situ- situation. If you if you get what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, absolutely, definitely, uh, totally mm-hmm. agree with that. Um, you know, let, let's just let's just riff on that for a second. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there there are so many people that I still see, and I can't believe it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That. They think they could still just outsource on like they, they mm. want to outsource on the cheap. They hear, "Oh, this developer over here is 15 dollars an hour. That's amazing. Ten dollars an hour, right? Uh, and I hear, I hear it from Internet marketers, I hear it from all these you know, all these fantasy I'm like, where are these stories coming from of these people building you know six-figure software off of off the oh, backs man. of like a, a seven dollar an hour programmer? I've tried to outsource at a reasonable, you know air quotes outsourcing rate once it was like i think we were paying $35 on uh $35 an hour and it was atrocious yeah. it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> right it was awful um i mean i could have put out a local ad and found somebody locally probably for $35 that would have done the job you know better but it i you know, David, you said this is not the way of the, of the future for a lot of these things. I don't, I don't think it is because I just, I've been trying to do this for years and I can't find success in it. I don't know how these other folks are doing it. They must just not care about the quality of service that they're getting or the code that they're getting back.
2: Yeah, I, I guess also, you know, like I was saying earlier, I, I don't really take on enormous projects of incredible complexity. So when I have a problem, I like to fix it. Um, and I would like to work through the problem myself. Um, obviously, if you've taken on something that, A, you can't manage because there's not enough time, or B, perhaps you, you don't have the s- required skills, then uh, you you, m- you might need to do that kind of stuff, but, you know, h- get a VA or something. But I, 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 I filter out the projects that I, A, can't do. I just don't have the technical capabilities, um, and and obviously time, if I have time for it. So I've never, ever needed to do it. There's never been a point in my career where I've suddenly thought, "Boy, I need to get somebody from some other part of the world to to fix this problem for me." I just it's just never really been a thing for me. But I know I know quite a few developers that do do it, and I know quite a few people that have been uh, been very very happy and have struck up some really meaningful relationships, long-term relationships with people um, for example in the Philippines, and they go out and see them and you know, it's almost like a part of the extended family because they work with them day in day out. And it works really well. I, I haven't got that requirement, and also I think there are some businesses set up specifically to to align people with VAs in different countries. I can't remember the names of the websites, but you can certainly uh, find websites where they'll endeavour to m- match your requirement to somebody uh, in a in a different part of the world who can who sure. can fulfil what you need.
0: Sure. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys do before Beaver Builder? came up on this into the scene we're using another page builder we're using another type of development process um and you know what chord did beaver builder strike for you that uh, that made it such an integral part of your business david uh, do you want to take that one
1: first mm, yeah well i was a genesis person i was, i think you were weren't you matt
0: That's uh yeah in the very very early days yeah we were using genesis a lot
1: yeah, well, uh, you know, my my story is typical. You know, I'm really still in the early days of doing this as I live in, but for ten years I've been playing around and making stuff with WordPress. So I've gone through kind of everything that's out there. You know, uh, sort of Woo themes and some early day stuff. The Genesis was the, the sort of five year period where I stuck with that, and that's what I was using as my tool. And that really it was the restrictions there of being able to build out the extra pages other than the the homepage. Um, I wanted to be able to do that quickly. It set me on the journey of looking at some simple way, which led me on to Site Origin plugin. And once I'd gone down that journey, that led me to, well, I think it was Fast Line. Then I first saw that, and I thought, mm. Mm, yeah, I don't know if I want to go that. Uh, sort of visual composer route that it, it appeared to be and, and then I realized what it was all about and that was it I moved to right, Beaver right. Builder and and for a while you know it was uh Genesis and Beaver Builder and then I've gone completely into the whole Beaver Builder with the theme and the plugin itself
2: and- my um my story is completely different isn't it David I'm um I'm actually quite new to WordPress I've been doing this for oh, I don't know 10 years maybe similar to David and I kind of began with HTML in the days when it was all tables. Um, CSS was just on the horizon. And and I built things, you know, just literally typing them into a, a notepad, if you like. And then I got on to Drupal. And until about two years ago, I only built with Drupal. Um, and also, if it was e-commerce, I would use Magento. And then about two years ago, roughly speaking maybe a little bit sooner than that. But um, I I decided that I would give WordPress a try. I honestly can't remember why, but it it felt like the landscape was bigger. um, And I also liked the fact that um, there are paid plugins. I know it sounds a bit bizarre, but in Drupal, uh, everything is free. I mean, really, everything is free. And so whilst that's fabulous, It also means there's no business model behind a lot of the things that you are requiring to use day in, day out. So personally, I found that I could get more reliability if there was a business behind it and the employees were there 24-7 and it wasn't just free open source software. So I kind of came into um, WordPress at the time when these page builders were coming along And it was an absolute revelation to me. Suddenly you could do drag and drop type activities and build pages in a way that, at least for me at the time, I could never, ever achieve in Drupal. And that was it. There was no looking back. Um, I thought, this is it. This is the way I'm going to do it from now on.
0: Yeah, I mean Drupal was actually the the first CMS that I had started with. Uh and I and I still it still holds holds a special place in my heart. Like oh. I re- I re- I really enjoy or I oh. enjoyed back then using Drupal. It's so good. It's Yeah, so I mean good. The, yeah. It, 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 but you know the templating and, and like you said, uh just the sheer amount of options that we have in the WordPress space is, is right. just blows it away in terms of flexibility. Um yep. You know, and I'm at, you know, one of these days I'm going to sit down and just play with Drupal 8 because I haven't, uh, I haven't even seen it. Um, I feel like I should spend a little time understanding what Drupal 8 is doing, uh, because, you know, the last time I used Drupal was version six. Yep. And I think like seven got skipped altogether. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like people hated seven for some reason. I don't I don't know why. <laughs> There's um,
2: just so much nice stuff in there. You know, I'm I'm not here to claim one's better than the other, but certainly for certain tasks it, it is great. You know, really good. And some of the stuff that's baked in, or at least is absolutely free, is just so phenomenally powerful. Yeah. But for the kind of for the kind of sites that I was getting, a lot of that stuff was unnecessary, and speed was quite important to me. I needed to get mm. things out the door quickly, and and uh, hence a page builder. Boy, there's there's no quicker way of doing it. So that that that's kind of where where it all happened for me.
0: Ha- has Beaver Builder? This is a question for uh, sort of I guess both of you. Has Beaver Builder allowed you to sort of d- uh, design and develop in the browser and allow you to? I guess just be more engaged with the customer, um, where they can look and feel and see the stuff sort of uh being built. Or do you kind of keep all that stuff sort of behind the scenes and you kind of still do like hand-drawn wireframes and you present that stuff, but meanwhile you're building with Beaver Builder. What does that process look like?
1: Yeah. Uh, where the opposite. David, do you want we- to is. Yeah, I'll go first because that's exactly why I, don't know I like it.
2: David's still there, so I'll I'll talk for a minute. Um yeah, so for me, I, I kind of faced the real intellectual crisis at the beginning because it felt like cheating um <laughs> in that you know if i can do this with really no effort um where where's the benefit what what is my purpose now um and i, quick, I quickly got over that
0: <laughs> right right <laughs> um,
2: and uh, but you you know what i mean it's kind of it feels a bit too easy sometimes so no i i i do keep a little bit of it to myself. I don't reveal the ins and outs. I'm generally, you know, I'll, I'll build a page um, and then uh, most often my clients are not that interested in getting in there and editing so, so it turns out. Um, but I would quite happily, you know, explain how it all worked if they if they required it. But in terms of building things quickly, yes, I do build in the browser now. I, I do things like simple wireframes and mock-ups of sites with Beaver Builder and then reveal those to the clients and um and that can happen in minutes you know well hours i'm exaggerating but so it has definitely r- removed a lot of tools i used to use things like um balsamic which is a kind of like a yep. wire framing tool um and I've, I've generally stopped using that kind of stuff i'll just build a quick simple version of the site and show it to the client with minimal color palettes and you know terrible stock images and That kind of stuff. So yes, it it definitely has speeded all that up by by a massive factor.
1: Shall I? Can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm here. Great. Well, I'm kind of the opposite. That's exactly why I love Beaver Builder. It's opened up to me a new business, really, which is somewhere between building websites and training people to build their own websites, where Mm. we can kind of work directly with the client building out their site as they are there learning how to put their own content up and speeding up the process there. So that's really the way that my business is going because of the fact that I've chosen to, if you like stick with the type of clients that I got in the first place. And they've always been a, you know, they're the low budget clients, the everyday clients who just need local businesses setting up and, uh, You know, a a lot of us in our industry are always looking perhaps the sort of Troy Dean way where we can learn how to go about getting and attracting a better client to stay in business. I've decided to go the complete opposite way and see if we can just do a better job for those people who need quite simple sites and to be engaged with them. So that's, you know, and without Beaver Builder, that just would not be possible. You couldn't sit alongside somebody and do that. yeah.
2: There are a few um, businesses, and certainly in the Beaver Builder community, we, we tend to gather in, there's a Facebook group that we're all in. Um, there's close to 5,000 of us now in there. And there there are quite a few people who are doing what David's doing. They've managed to create a business where the premise is um, within, well, I don't know, let's say 24, 48, 72 hours of us beginning. Um, we will finish, deploy, have your website ready for you to use um and that that's a really new thing i guess you've got to have a, a fairly fairly steady throughput to make that business work but there are people who that is absolutely what they do um day in day out now and you know i think that's phenomenal it it, it doesn't fit what i'm doing but it it works
0: you know i think I, here, here's this i mean i've been only i've only been doing this for uh running an agency for What are we? 2017, so about eight, nine years now. And you know, when I when I started, actually, I shouldn't even say that because I the ISP that I used to work at, we when we acquired another ISP, they had they had a whole web development uh, branch, and that's how I got into Drupal, which eventually led me to WordPress. And you know, back then. $20,000, $30,000 projects were just like the everyday. It was just, that's just what it was because technology Mm. wasn't as advanced Mm. as it it was today. It just took that much time um, and man hours to develop. And, you know, I remember doing, you know, sales pitches and conference calls with customers for websites and, you know going there doing presentations having you know four month uh sales cycles like all this stuff which i know still exists at the higher level yeah um but from where I, from my perspective i'm 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 talking to a lot of customers now who are looking for projects under $50,000 that just want just like want to get it done like they don't mm. want this long you know r f p process let 's talk about your features and your benefits and why why should we hire your agency and People now are just like give me just give me a website really quick because mm. we're my our business is moving so fast um, you know at least at some of the projects that i 'm seeing, which mm. I feel is kind of good and bad for folks like us and folks that are listening because number one there's there there is that competitive level now where people are coming alongside you 're like, oh, "I can get it done in twenty four hours well, I can get it done in twelve hours <laughs> you know and you start com- <laughs> and, and you start competing at that level um, but at the same time, I think it's also an opportunity to go after people uh look even at the enterprise level where let's say they're locked into microsoft site uh site point or site core whatever it is, um, you know you're not going to get their main site off of that you know six hundred thousand dollar license a year. They have all these other little marketing efforts that they want in WordPress and like a Beaver Builder, Landing Page Builder. That stuff is going to be awesome to them because it moves so much faster. They won't pay as much, but it moves so much faster and they're super happy with what you deliver. Um, You know, I hate to use the word interesting. It's just an interesting space that this is all moving into in terms of servicing clients.
2: Yeah, I think the future, the next few years is going to be really interesting because um, we're just really at the cusp of these technologies that are going to be widely available, where you can make a web page yourself fairly, fairly trivially. Um, and obviously, if you if you deploy those same tools into the hand of a skilled operator, somebody that's done it for a, for a long time, they'll do a, a, probably a better job of it, probably a bit quicker. But you know, the competition from people like Wix and Squarespace and, and Beaver Builder. It's going to be. I I just think it's going to be really interesting where it goes. Will it just become something that everybody does? Do you just have somebody in your company that is in charge of using Beaver Builder to uh, to just keep the the website refreshed and up to date, or do you still have that deployed to people like me? I I don't know where it's going to go, but it's going to be interesting. Like I was saying at the beginning, I felt a bit like a fraud. It was too easy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that one's yet to be worked out. You know, if there's enough online tutorials and enough knowledge out there explaining how trivial it is, um, then, then maybe it'll be harder for me to, to find work. On the other hand, the internet never fails to become more complex and the requirements of websites <laughs> never fail to become more complex. So people maybe in a few years' time, oh, we don't want a simple site. Everybody's got a simple site. We want something a bit more whiz-bang and something that we haven't yet imagined will be, will be required.
1: And it depends on yeah, your client, no, though, it, doesn't it? it? it. Uh, totally. With the you know the, the client I'm after, the, their alternative is to go. Well, either build it themselves, which most of them won't even consider as an idea, but they'll they'll get snapped up by a company like Hiboo.com, and they're serving the vast majority of local businesses out there, and yeah. they're really not going to. I don't think, and this is. Where I come in, I don't think they're going to be able to make their own websites. They're not going to be able to do some simple CSS fixes, but they do need somebody to look after them for the life of their website and build up that trust there. So I think there's a big, big market here where most of us are often talking about higher level clients. Um, if, If we remain successful, I think, in the website building community, it's generally the case that we've landed some bigger clients, which has allowed us to sort of continue as a job where... People normally, I think, who are doing the kind of jobs that I do, can't stay in business because they can't, if you like, can control the client and and kind of pull out of them what they need to do the job so they can be a, quite a time drain on the low budget, under $1,000, that kind of budget, you know.
0: Mm let's transition to some advice. Um and then I sort of want to end the show talking about um you know your efforts with with podcasting and sort of what that's done uh for both of your businesses, uh if anything at all. But for you know, for the folks who are you know in that Facebook group and, and, and a variety of Facebook groups um, you know, around the WordPress space, I see this day in, day out. People hop into these groups and they say, I priced the project for $500 and the client's dragging me through the mud. <laughs> you know, it's really cost, uh, it should have cost $5,000, but I'm new to this. You know, what what's your advice for for these folks just starting out in this space from, from where you sit now and what you've learned over the years um, and maybe even the very short time of, of being in the WordPress space? What's your advice to the new you know, web designer, web developer, whatever we're calling ourselves these days, who are using these tools to just get a good job done at a reasonable rate uh, for their customer to make a living. What's your advice?
2: Uh, It's a good question. Um, My my journey has involved me becoming um, part of, like I said earlier, this Facebook group. So my, my solution to just about every problem is... Going into the Beaver Builder Facebook group. Um, and so, whether or not you're using Beaver Builder or some other, you know, whether it's just WordPress with a completely different uh, page builder or you're just theming, um, would be to get stuck into a community and stick with that community and see how it delivers for you. I've had so much, so many wonderful experiences. Oh, that sounds really trite and silly, but. Genuinely, really nice experiences in that community and people sort of helping me through things and enabling me to gain knowledge. So that that, that would be what I'd do is, is decide what your little niche is, how you're going to build it, and, and in my case, Beaver Builders. Just immerse yourself in that group and put your name out there and, and make sure that you're answering as many questions as you're you're seeking the answers to.
1: Mm. Do you think that, I mean, Ask- I think that group itself the beaver builder group is really great because of the way that it talks around lots of wider subjects i mean i don't know other groups yeah. like it and i've not really been a community member elsewhere so there may be others but we talk about a lot about the business and that of course what you just described matt is the problem that i suffer with and still suffer with you know how do i keep these projects under control how do i get them through the door quickly and And that's what we're learning a lot off each other at the moment. For me, the answer has been that I really need to set up this course that does all of the discovery work that low-budget clients need to go through to be able to start this website. And I'm going to automate this by making this into courses, which they will have to pass before they can go on and and, uh, pay me money and Mm -hmm. I start their project. And that's my solution to this problem of dealing with lower-budget clients. It's not been to do what... The other solution is, which is to raise your game and get a bit of confidence. Because a lot of people, we all, it's a rite of passage, isn't it? You go in there, you under you value yourself, you give too much time mm. to someone and 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 things go wrong and you either pull yourself out of this one way or another, you have to decide that you're either going to find a system that's going to work so you can still stay with those low budget clients and serve them or you need to raise up your clients. But
0: rite of passage, I'm sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, it can be, you know, it, I, I don't get involved with a lot of questions. Uh, the the w- sort of 101, uh, you know, I'm new to this. How, how should I structure my, co- my contract? Uh, do I even use a contract? Uh, what's the price point? What do you think somebody should pay for this? Like I see a lot of these questions come through in multiple mm-hmm. groups. And I stay away because I don't have the patience for the people who come in and they're like, Oh, you don't know what you're doing? You know, uh, you should be doing it this way. Why, why, would, you, why would you not uh, use a contract? You're a fool. It's just like, all right, people, everyone is starting out in their own. Everyone's starting out at ground, ground zero. I don't care who you are. You all went through these same things. And I don't have the patience for those types of people <laughs> when they start yeah. chiming in uh, because it just drives like, like, me crazy.
2: Yeah, and it's you're gonna fall on your face. There's a there's a thousand mistakes to make, and I think I've probably made more than a thousand. Um, just keep keep going. You know, get advice where you need it. Find a community that will help you out and support you, and uh, and and use that community. But like I say, put put back what equal or more than you uh, take out.
1: Yeah, do you know what I like? Actually, the opposite to what Matt was saying. I kind of like these people coming in. As long as we've got this kind of environment where we can, um, if you're not let it escalate into sort of a a sort of macho thing, an alpha male type situation where everybody's trying to outdo each other. If we get to the bottom of it is some of these debates that I've seen have been really interesting, particularly care plans was one where people were, you know, wildly different figures about how much they would charge for relatively Mm. the same product. But when you dig down and all of these people talking to it and and revealing more, you find out, actually, you know, there's one kind Mm. of care plan which is labor intensive and one that is pretty much automated. And you suddenly realize that by having these conversations that we actually have different ideas, different clients, different lifestyles to preserve as well. So I found all of that kind of stuff really interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it. definitely it definitely makes for a, a good um, good debate in in this space. Uh, speaking of, you both started a podcast. Why? Yeah, <laughs> Why exactly. did you start uh, a podcast, and how did it come to fruition?
2: Um, it began. Uh, I, I don't know if you know, but David um, David produces a lot of content for. Um, Beaver Builder, particularly, uh, and, and he's got a very good uh, way of explaining things which need explaining. So David's got a huge amount of content going back, I'm guessing, over a year or something like that. And, and I was in need of this help. So I would often um, see a new video pop up with David in it. And, uh, and then I thought I'd give, my, uh, give it a go myself. And so when a problem came and I managed to figure it out, I made a video. And I think David saw that video um and then how did we i don't know we we sort of got chatting um somehow in in a facebook group probably and then then i just i actually just thought Do you know what I, I i would like to give this a go i i think maybe there's maybe there's a little part of me that wants a bit more credibility or wanted to put myself out there a little bit more i've i've always loved just droning on and on and, you know, talking people under the table. So <laughs> there's that part of me. Um, so I just emailed, I think,
1: and said, David, do you want to do a podcast? And he said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we were talking to each other. We realized that we actually grew up, you know, literally miles apart. Oh, yeah. In the same yeah. place. So that, that landed us. And we tend to have a lot of similar values and, you know, we're just looking to do something extra. And you said about what about podcast? Because I think you had done something else, haven't you, with uh, a small podcast as well. And um, Yes, yes, that's yeah. true.
2: I had sort of dipped my toes into the water making a podcast with another bunch of people. It's kind of like dried up a little bit since then. But uh, the, the other thing that I think launched us was the fact that we both, um, we have no pretensions of knowing anything and and I particularly like to giggle and have a bit of a laugh and, and also just to mock myself. So on our website, you know, the, even the sign-up form says something like hopeless content delivered sporadically, sign up here. <laughs> um, because I, I like that side of life. I like the, the fumbling idiot who just somehow manages to put something out. And so a bit of entertainment, a bit of um, giggling, um, taking yourself not very seriously and also just confessing, so it is a bit of a confessional on quite a few of the episodes. I've come away after we've recorded it and thought, "Man, I said
0: too much." <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about from the business perspective? Have you have it, has it brought leads to either one of you, or just sort of no. general <laughs> awareness in the Beaver Builder community, that kind of thing?
2: Um, is that a no from you, David? It, yeah? <laughs>
1: it's a, yeah, it's a, no. It's done nothing directly. I, I think indirectly, it probably uh, raises our profile, but. Nothing to yeah. be seen yet.
2: Yeah. yeah, I would agree. There's been no point where somebody's come and said, oh, I got, I, I've, I've come to you because of. But um, I, I've, I've used it sort of to massage my, uh, like I say, credibility and things like that. And, and I think it's quite nice for a, a, a potential customer if they come along and they see on your website that you are in the space and you're taking it seriously and pushing content out there. I, I can't see that it would ever hurt it may not be the clinch, the clinching moment, but if they see that you are there and out there and making an effort, I don't think it can harm anything. So I would say it's it's probably contributed psychologically a little bit, but I couldn't I couldn't put a, a dollar value on it.
1: Yeah, mm. and we did mm. it that way yeah. on purpose, not we? I think that's what started yep. us off: is the fact yep. that we we came out of a community where I feel there was a lot of honesty about a lot of people starting up, Ooh. not knowing where they're going. And uh, changes. So you know, we really just kicked this off knowing that we wanted to talk about the sort of things that we were talking about in mm-hmm. that same community, uh, with no no game plan. Um, no, it just it's uh, it's it's kind of different.
2: And yeah. and the, it it has been really enjoyable. I thoroughly love doing it. It's forced me to do things like dust off the microphone and get Logic Pro, you know, working again and and. And I, I, I had real ambitions for recording. I, I used to play the guitar quite a lot, and my daughter sings, and I've got all this equipment lying around, and I was, and I never really made an effort with it, and and so it all came out, and I started to take it seriously, and and the the quality of what we do in terms of the audio is is not high. I'm not trying to achieve anything like that. Um, it's not edited well. We just talk and keep going, and but but it's fun, and it's it's really interesting to me, and I, I give up half a day a week just to sit and record and edit and, and, and it's, it it is just good fun. And if anybody's kind of thinking about whether they should do it or not, I would strongly recommend that you do because it it genuinely is, is interesting. And we've, I have definitely been introduced to people through this. Oh, well, like you, Matt, um, (laughs) because of it. Um, and, and I know that that's an old message and everybody says, you know, if you just keep putting out content, unexpected things happen. Well, it does feel like that's true, and um, we're only twelve episodes in, so you never know. The sky is the limit.
1: The marathon has been going forever.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh God, I'm such an old, such an old man in this space, <laughs> and, I'm, and trust me, still scratching my head why I'm doing it too. Uh, you know, almost three hundred episodes in, and I'm just like, why do I keep doing this? Man, uh,
2: three hundred! Wow. Yeah, do you lose? Do you ever lose that desire? Does it? I know that you do seasons, so does that keep you fresh?
0: I'll tell you the season, season four was the first, um, the first time I deliberately sat down and said, this is a, uh, a, a true season where I just stop recording for two months. So yep. I record like, like today I have four interviews, um, where I'm just going to sit down for four hours and record, uh, four interviews for the first half of season five. Um, Wow. Well, before it was sort of like fake seasons, I would just keep recording and I would call it a new season as I, you know, felt like the, uh, the topic changed. Yep. But, yep. uh, but that was a huge, huge, um, weight lifted off of my shoulder because, you know, when you're busy, I, I have a son now who's seven months old and it's just mm. crazy time. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> mm-hmm. balancing all of that stuff along with work and, and doing a podcast gets, gets kind of difficult. Mm. Uh, so let's, let's, let's talk about content real quick as we sort of wind down. David, you do uh, a lot on YouTube. I'm trying to like, get back into doing YouTube. Um, you guys are both doing the podcast. I mean, what's the future for, from where you see it right now, with content production? And, and what's really working, I guess, for both of your businesses, uh, aside from the podcast? Is, is YouTube working? Is blogging working? Email marketing? Social? Like, what, what's, what's working for you in the world of content marketing?
1: Well, for me, I mean, I just started doing these videos because there was a gap, you know. A friend of mine, I, I guess most people know from the Beaver Builder community, at least in the early days, Colin Cartwright, you know was doing all of those great videos including the official Beaver Builder ones and he kind of stopped doing that and we talked a lot and I just thought I'll have a bash at doing some of this as he's kind of stopped doing it uh, with no game plan and I'm really surprised that anyone would bother listening to me and it's been great for my confidence but <laughs> it's <laughs> and also what's really valuable now is I'm really setting up a business so you know presently up to this day I've not done any marketing, I don't really have a business, I just do odd jobs for somebody who else who gets the work working for me and And so I've never really needed to worry about this. what I've been doing with this now allows me that now where I'm making some product pages for my new business i'm able to put oh you know I'm the guy who does these YouTube videos and I can see that there's mm. a reasonable number of people are liking it. I did a bit of you know it allowed me to go on and do a, a um word camp talk you know which now i can put i've spoken at a word camp it's in india okay but it's uh it, and all of that is great because now for the first time ever i've got a little bit of social proof that goes with the, the products mm. that i'm going to be putting out so yeah. it's yet to be seen but that's that's you know an unexpected uh upside of of just starting something i did for fun really
2: hmm. i am um I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I don't really produce a great deal of content apart from the podcast. I um, I wish I did, but to, to, it all comes down to time for me. Um, I tend to f- find my work. It keeps me busy enough. And as I say, because I'm not trying to pay salaries, I'm just trying to create enough revenue for me. I work in my business. I'm, I'm one of those t- people that you often hear, uh, you know, they really ought to straighten themselves out and work on their business. I I just, (laughs) I I don't, I just don't. Um, And I really should. But for me, I've, I've decided to commit to this podcast and I, it tends to be somewhere between half a day and three quarters of a day to, to do an episode and wrap it all up and get it online. I think that for me is going to be the sole platform that I'm going to use for the, for the foreseeable future. I've tried blogging, I've never stuck at it. Not ever, ever, ever. I get two posts written and I'm really pleased with myself. And then I'd never write them again because work gets in the way. Um, and I I did a couple of, like I say, the way I met David, I did a couple of um, training videos, but that, that didn't keep going. Um, so I, I am one of the people that really needs to be taken to one side and talking to in um, in strong language and straightened out um, because there's probably a lot that I could do to, to improve things. But uh, you know, I don't feel too much guilt or remorse because it's only me that I've got to support.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, and and that's a fine perspective. I think a lot of people, you know, just, uh, they, they stress themselves out too much, right? Thinking yeah. about, Oh, I should be doing this. Look at that person over there. Um, yeah. Man that, you know, they grew uh, an agency, uh, you know, five times faster than I have. Yep. Uh, and I, look, I, and I'm guilty of it, right? I'm guilty of it. Uh, you know, looking at that and saying, you know, why haven't uh, I been able to do that yet? Uh, but you know, you're living in, uh, you're, you're sort of your own. You're living in your, with your own work in mm-hmm. front of you. It's you know, it's it's you're not going to get to where somebody else is because they went up about it a, a totally different way. You might mm-hmm. think you know how they got there, but you mm-hmm. really don't. Um, and if you're if you're happy and you're comfortable with the stuff that you have in front of you right now, what, then what more? El- what else do you need really at this point? And uh, it's, a, yeah. it's a fine perspective to have.
2: We live. Um, we live a lot, especially you know we're consumed. All three of us must spend significant amounts of our working lives stuck in front of a screen, and and you are constantly being bombarded with messages, sort of slightly disparaging if you actually think about them, trying yeah. to imply that you are not adequate if you right. don't have this and this and this. And that's great, you know. I'm pleased that you've got that lovely car that you actually don't own. You just rented it for half an hour to put on that advert, um, you know. But uh, being slightly facetious, but um, I, I, I genuinely don't, I don't feel that that's something that I'm drawn towards. So I, I'm quite happy with my lot. Um, but we are we are presented with those messages all the time, and and if you wish to strive for that. Uh, good luck. I hope I hope you manage it, but it, it's probably something I'm going to dip out of.
1: It's what you and I have in common, isn't it, completely, is mm. that um, we are just really, it's, what's important to us is just having our happy lives and doing the things that we yep. enjoy and our family yep. time and all of that. That's all that matters. So the rest of it is fun. And if something comes out of it, great. And we have never. Yeah. Neither of us get into that, do we? We we're not interested in somebody earning a great deal more than us. It doesn't inspire us in any way. And that's our similarity, I think.
2: No, I think I think with a younger pair of a uh, younger sort of uh, younger head on my shoulders, there were probably times in my life when those kind of things would have mattered more to me. But I think as I've gotten older, I've just, I'm just sort of happy um, in my in my setup, and it works for me. And you know, there you go. Mm.
0: I mean, at the end of the day, the three of us, and and I'd say a majority of the folks listening to uh, to this episode, you know, we're, we're we're making a living. Our careers, our livelihood, is like you said, Nathan, from behind a screen. We're mm-hmm. using a laptop, a computer, an iPad. We're not doing anything strenuous. We're not no. doing anything that's, you know, <laughs> endangering our lives except for the drive to Starbucks, right? Yeah. Where you might get into a car accident. <laughs> like other than that. Yeah. This is a fine way to make a living. Yeah. And we shouldn't complain about what we have in front of us. Yeah. Um and we shouldn't feel the need to, you know, really yeah, you know, push ourselves to the to the brink of uh, exhaustion when it's 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 a an easy way to Mm. make a living for the most of us. And uh, we should appreciate that uh, time and time again.
2: Everybody's got a different personality type, haven't they? And you know, some are, some are strive for everything and acquire everything. Some
0: less. So I
2: think I'm less. So.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Oh, uh, ge- gentlemen, this has been an amazing episode. Uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. I think that uh, the, 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 the freelancers out there and the people who are running these boutique shops who are striving uh, to find success in some way uh, are going to get a lot out of this episode. Mm-hmm. Nathan, well, where, can, where can folks find you on the web to say thank you?
2: Okay. So David and I have a podcast together, as we've discussed. Mm-hmm. It is wpbuilds.com. That's uh, plural with an S um and my yeah. website is pictureandword.co.uk so yeah i'd really if anybody gets anything of any value out of what david said i'm no doubt you won't get anything of value out what i said but <laughs> uh, please drop me a line and i'd love to engage
1: yes and you can find me at davidwormsley.com which i have a, a a blog that i don't keep up to date so well because i put stuff out all over the place and I'm not very mm. organized but yes please turn up there
0: Awesome. Everybody else, MattReport.com, MattReport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. This is season five, uh, season five A, actually, I, I guess I should call it because half of season five is about Beaver Builder uh, and the folks around the Beaver Builder community. I really hope you're enjoying it. really hope that uh, you're finding some value in this stuff. If you do, we would love a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, you can just go to MattReport.com. There's a little button right on the right-hand side for iTunes. Go ahead and click that. It'll bring you right to iTunes That was another episode of The Matt Report. I hope you learned something. I hope you got something out of it. It means a lot when somebody actually learns something from the conversations that I have here. Either personal gains or business gains, whatever it might be. Just learning your way in the crazy world of WordPress. That's why I do it. I couldn't do it without my audience. I couldn't do it without my sponsors as well. So please go ahead and thank the sponsors. Use the services uh, that I've mentioned in these episodes. I really vet them and make sure that they're only putting out good products with great support and they really care about the WordPress community. That's why I've chosen them. So it means a lot if you go ahead on Twitter and tell them that you heard them on the Report Podcast. As always, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected. I send private videos there to my newsletter. It's really becoming much more than just a boring old newsletter. So I hope I can see you over there. And the best thing that you can do for the show is head on over to iTunes, search for WordPress podcast, leave me a five-star review. If you enjoy the episode, I'd really appreciate it. We'll see you in the next episode.